Welcome to the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast, where BSN registered nurse, integrative health practitioner, and board certified life coach, Samantha Shatek teaches you how to go beyond managing your circumstances and start intentionally creating a life you love using her proven strategies. Hello there, my Rebel Heart. How are you? I am super ready to talk to you today about the first of the somatic channels, and that is the mind. And if you've listened to my podcast and to some of the other episodes, I have definitely talked about our mind and our thoughts and how our thoughts are really important and how the things that we're thinking automatically, we can question, we can disrupt that automatic and subconscious behavior or thought pattern. And then from there, we can shift a whole slew of other realities in our life, our emotions, our actions, and our results in the world. But also, we're talking about somatics today. And it's also true that when we're feeling a certain emotion on repeat, this can also in turn negatively affect our thoughts and our mind. It all kind of works together. And our mind is probably the channel that us humans, most of us, not all of us, spend most of our time. And for example, right now, you if you're listening to this episode, you're having to cognitively digest some of the words that I'm saying. And that definitely takes the mind. And The mind is an amazing tool. We need our minds. But the problem is we've let the minds be our queens and our kings and our rulers. And we've often forgotten about the body. And, you know, so with our mind, with our brains, with our physical brains, we take in information at the cognitive level. But remember, we also take in information at the body level. And interpreting and taking in information at the cognitive level, it is wonderful and it is a part of our process. But eventually, we need to integrate or embody this knowledge and wisdom and be able to apply it in our lives in hopefully a useful way. And so when we're talking about somatic therapy and somatics, and just life in general, to be honest, it is way more helpful if we can move from the cognitive mind space alone, if we can move into some of the other channels that I talked about in last week's episode, which is our posture or a movement, a felt sensation or emotion, if we're really going to learn something and truly heal. So I use this for a lot of different reasons and in a lot of different scenarios in my coaching practice, but I really try to help clients find places of this stored charge in their bodies and in their organs and in their systems. When we are telling a story ourselves or if we're hearing someone else describe an experience, and it could be an experience that's joyful and amazing, but 
I'm talking more in particular a challenging or upsetting or frustrating or traumatic experience. It's pretty easy with just a little bit of attunement to the other person to know that there is a charge that happens in the nervous system. And the trained eye, the trained mind can see someone either get emotional or get a a little bit activated. And we can observe like the fight, the flight, the fawn or the freeze behaviors in someone. And this definitely is a skill that we can learn in order to recognize these subtle cues, but it's what I look for and I feel for in my own clients. But I would say most healers and other intuitive or empathic people have this ability naturally. And it's pretty easy, I think, to recognize a charge when it arises, uh, especially if it's overt. But even if it's subtle, we can often just as humans just feel that if someone has a little charge. And when we find that charge in others or ourselves, that is the opportunity where instead of just turning it over and over in our mind channel, we can begin to move it in to the other channels in order to better digest that energy and then eventually release it, alchemize it, and let it go. And so the mind, as I was saying, it is amazing. Like we we need our mind to be a part of the whole thing. It's wonderful for planning ahead and for thinking And it's really good at drawing connections, correlations, explaining, categorizing, filtering out some of our world, because without our brain and mind, then we would be too overwhelmed with life constantly. And so its superpower is being able to make one cohesive story and using the functions of the mind to plan and do other things, logic and finding patterns and speaking. And, you know, all of the things that we do, the brain is an amazing tool. It is able to sum up really a lot of our life and translate it. But when we go into a story, especially if we keep repeating the story over and over, it's just not a great way to be able to digest extra energy or charge in our nervous system and in our bodies. And honestly, if telling the story over and over was going to make you feel better, it would have done so by now. It would have made me feel better too. Because, you know, and I want to say I'm not dissing therapy. I love therapy. And I happen to resonate more with therapies that are body-based, such as EMDR, ART and brain spotting. And, you know, I know that people spend years in cognitive therapy alone, but a lot of the times there is little improvement or change if we stay in the mind channel only. I know I remember there's this story that I heard where in some native and indigenous cultures, a person tells their story or the traumatic thing that happens to them three times while community surrounds them and gathers and the community listens and witnesses their soul and their words and their story. And it's a really important tradition because then the person also gets to use their voice and use the mind channel. But then 
after three times, they stop telling their story and they use the other channels through things like movement and dance and drumming and singing and sweat lodge and other movements and prayer. They utilize other channels and methods to alchemize and discharge this energy of that event that's stuck in their body. They don't keep retelling it. And I think that's so beautiful and it's so brilliant. You know, there is an importance to us being vulnerable and speaking our truth and using our throat chakra and being witnessed, especially if we're being witnessed in a safe space or in a space where someone really truly can hold that safety of con- that container for us. And there's beauty in that. But if we keep repeating it, then there's something about that, that it just stays stuck. And it's it stays stuck on a loop. And it doesn't really serve us or our life to keep retelling it, especially when it's a challenging or disempowering story. And so if you are a chronic overthinker, or if you used to be, especially, but even if you're not a chronic overthinker, most likely you spend a lot more time in your head than in your body. And it's just so incredible what can happen when we can release the story of what is happening. And we get so much benefit by just in the present moment coming back to the body to just observe what is true. So when we lean into the wisdom of the four other channels besides the mind, it greatly helps us release that energy there, including anything that's happened in your past, any trauma. I think the problem is, is that it's really uncomfortable. And to feel our feelings sounds so easy, but we're, when we're in it, it's, it can be brutal. And that's why we're a culture of addiction, addicted to work, addicted to Netflix, addicted to social media, addicted to alcohol and drugs and sex and coffee and all the things because trauma is stored in our tissues. And when we feel it, it's painful. We're re-experiencing some of those same sensations and feelings. But if you can find either support or the courage and strength to just become aware of your body body sensations and your felt sense, as well as your emotions, you will be surprised at how different your story looks, sounds, and feels. Because what happens is the activation and charge is now out of your system. So when you tell that story, it doesn't have the same grip on you. And you don't get triggered the same way. I find that after I've done that work, when I do tell the story, First of all, I'm not as compelled to even tell the story, but it has a softer feel. I feel more neutral and it doesn't feel like it upsets me internally anymore or hijacks my system. Like I can tell the story and still be feeling calm and in harmony. There's just no or little trigger or reaction once we discharge or heal that energy. But here's the thing, we must be willing to detach a little bit from the mind. And for those of us that haven't felt safe in the body, we have to find ways to try to feel safe, especially for difficult or uncomfortable emotions. And And there are lots of ways to let the body know it's safe. I'm not going to go into all of them, but 
just a few include when we have three points of contact on our body, for whatever reason, our body feels safe, such as a weighted blanket, or if we're uh, getting touched by a safe person in a safe way, we can do three points of contact and it, it feels really safe to our bodies. And we can also control the breath and slow it way down. And this slows down down our breathing and our heart rate. And this literally signals to the body that it's in a safe space. Because when we're in a safe space, we breathe much slower. So if we can control the breath, we can get our bodies to believe that it's in a safe place. We can also do this with meditation and visualizations. We can do this with pets and animals. Uh, These are just a few ideas. There's so many more. But an important thing to remember is that our thoughts create our emotions or feelings. But also that emotions that we have are continuing to create our thoughts in a loop. And I've talked about this before in previous episodes, that our thoughts and our emotions affect us and are an internal environment in a really direct way. And so, you know, positive thinking is amazing, but it really only works the best when you are believing it. And when you do it with enough focus and attention that you're not only saying something positive, that you also are feeling it as deep as you can in your cells and tissues and in your body. You want to feel what that energy feels like because that is the language and the way that the body communicates with the magnetic field of the universe because we're a magnetic field. And so the mind channel can be very helpful for becoming aware of and having a conscious awareness or to try to change the emotional state. But it's only really used wisely or well when we're feeling very calm and receptive already. Or we can use the other channels to amplify the thoughts that we're having to our body. So my questions for you, I have a few. And I want to know if you are looking at life through this lens. And that is this. Are you living life and playing to win? Or are you playing it safe and just trying not to lose? And that sounds like a simple question, but it's pretty deep. Are you playing for what you want and focusing on winning? Or are you just reacting out of fear so you don't lose things? Two very different energies to that. And I've been on both sides of that, and I know which one feels best to me. Just taking an honest inventory here. Are you motivated because you don't want to feel something, or are you motivated because you do want to feel something? Again, the only reason anyone does anything is because of the way that you think it's going to make you feel, or because you're avoiding a feeling. It has everything to do with that. It's all motivated by our feelings. So which one are you? Are you motivated because you want to feel something or are you more motivated because you don't want to feel something? And there's no wrong answer. It's just an honest question 
of where you fall on that spectrum. Because if you stop playing not to lose and you start playing intentionally to win in every area of your life, I can almost guarantee you that you will have a different life in six months. Because here's the thing, how often do you think of what is not right in your world and what's missing rather than focusing on what you want and what you're excited for? Because the truth is in this 3D world, it's so much easier to, for us to identify what's wrong or what we dislike or what's missing or what we don't have than it is to spend more time with the thoughts of what's to come and what we do want and what we do have and being grateful for what we already have. But just consider how your body and mind and your reality would look if this was the way that you looked at things and how much more energy that would be giving to your your life force and to you on a daily basis. You know, I've worked and talked to a lot of therapists that, that say this switch alone, this flip of looking at what's right and what's already good and what's exciting to come versus what's wrong or what we dislike or what's not good has revolutionized people's lives and their practice. I want you to just take an honest inventory of how often do you identify the problem rather than focusing on a solution. Your homework, if you choose to take this on, is to pay attention and to really look at your language and your view around any specific thing that you tend to see as a problem. This could be goals, money, your weight, relationships, any physical health component. So I want you to pick a specific area of your life that you tend to find lacking or that there's always something wrong. Maybe it's your job. And I want you to become curious and just observe how often you talk about what isn't right or what you don't like, and really begin changing those thoughts to more thoughts of what either you would like, or trying to find the silver lining and gratitude for what is good in that situation with that topic. And something else you can do is if you really can't find anything positive about that subject, get on to another subject that you don't have as much of a problem feeling good about easily. That's the other thing. If you really can't find a silver lining, if it's really a hard one, move to another subject and look at what's right in that area because there's got to be one area of your life. If you're listening to this, I'm assuming and hoping that there's at least one area of your life that you can find gratitude for and that's maybe going good or at least that you don't feel is wrong right now or lacking For example, instead of saying, I hate the way my stomach looks, you could think things like, and these are just examples, of course, it has to resonate with you and be authentic for you. But new statements could be, I'm loving the process of figuring out what I need and how to take care for myself the best way. Or you could say, I would love to have a fit toned stomach and I'm excited to do the work to get that. 
Or you could say, I love that I have this miraculous body that lets me get around and I'm so grateful that I can walk around and do things. Because the truth is not everyone can do that. And so whatever approach you take, make it be more one of abundance and of gratitude and of solution rather than of lack and disgust and upset. You have so much power at your fingertips and so many resources inside of you just waiting to be tapped into. Remember, you are a powerful co-creator and your thoughts and feelings and attitudes matter more than you even know. I love you. I'm fond of you. And thanks so much for being with me. And hey, I also want to invite you to join me for my six-month coaching program. I'll work with just you one-on-one, and I'm going to help you get the results that I know you can get. I promise your life will be different. Go to www.rebelheartcoaching.com to sign up for a consult today. I'll see you inside. Oh, 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 oh,